When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Vikings Ventline, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of podcasts at Score North. I am Phil Mackey. Judd Zolgad is live at U.S. Bank Stadium. Declan Goff is producing and just being a digital ninja behind the scenes. A quick shout out to Corona Hard Seltzer. Corona Hard Seltzer spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. They are the main sponsors of this program every single week. And um, yeah, the uh, the Vikings got smoked by the Atlanta Falcons at home today. We're going to dissect every possible angle of it. And we're going to welcome you Vikings fans into the call we can also, and I say into the call, into the video on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. You can listen on demand later on the Purple Daily Podcast feed. And if you have comments, we are monitoring comments on both Facebook, Score North Facebook, and on youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We can pull comments into the uh, the video as well. But just real quick, before we get into this uh, this this Vikings debacle today and a one in five start, Judd Zolgad, during the game, our friend Chad Hartman tweeted out uh, that his father, the legendary Sid Hartman, passed away at the age of 100 today. And what's here's what's amazing, and and we're gonna we're gonna tell Sid stories this week on our shows. You're gonna hear a million just iconic Sid Hartman stories. But I think maybe the yep. best Sid story for today is the fact that on the day that he passed away at the age of 100, he had a byline and a story in the print edition of the Star Tribune. The guy was an icon. He was relentless in his work ethic. And um, and and I think the Twin Cities sports scene lost maybe the all-timer of all-timers today, Judd. And you worked with him for a long time at the Star Tribune. Yeah, in fact, I was in charge of overseeing his column basically on the copy desk for about uh, two years or, or more. And I started as what they call a copy aid in 19. 19- 89 at the age of 19. Okay. And at that time, so this is 32 years ago. At that time, we're talking about Phil, you know, when is Sid going to retire? Is Sid going to retire in the next five years, 10 years or so? And then it got to basically to the point where you just stopped. Like you knew that the most fitting thing, like if, if you want to encapsulate Sid, the most fitting thing about Sid is what you said, which is the fact that on the day he passed, he had a column. Like that is Sid. And and we joked for a long time that 
you know, we're all going to die before Sid is dead. But the joke was like half a joke because yeah. of how long this guy lived and covered things. And, and I mean, he could have retired 40 years back. Like it wasn't a need of money. It was a passion for it, the job, but yeah, it, it's a day of mixed emotions. Cause I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise, but what's going to sound weird is it does. Like I saw yeah. Chad's tweet and I'm like, I can't believe he's dead. And yeah. this is after we've talked for how long. So yeah. Um, it's a, it's an incredible career, an incredible life, uh, but still, I think it's sad in part because of what his column and what he meant to the Twin City sports scene. It's just yeah. it's tough to process that he is now gone. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy that you're talking about the guy that, that ran the Lakers for multiple championships in the 1950s and a guy that there's there's all these stories like Doogie put out a story about about him and a friend in 2002 going to a Yankees game and Sid Hartman said, Hey, let me, I'll, I'll hook you up with some tickets. And, you know, and the tickets that he hooked them up with were George Steinbrenner's box seats, literally next to the dugout. I saw Justin guard from K fan tweet out uh, when he went to the Bush push game in 2005, USC Notre yep. Dame and on, on the envelope, Sid Hartman called Pete Carroll, the envelope for the ticket said P Carroll yep. on it. Like, I mean, just, and there's going to be a million stories throughout, the entire week, um, I would I would recommend tomorrow. So you and Patrick Royce do Royce Unchained the podcast every single week, and I'm yep. um, I'm I'm hopeful and guessing that that's going to be uh, largely a Sid Hartman tribute tomorrow. So and the Star Tribune put out, I, you know, they've got a bunch of stuff on their website if you're looking to just consume more. So obviously, like we'll talk Vikings, and and the Vikings are going to be a huge theme here now that they've officially gone down the hole of, of one and five. But I think the big headline today is the fact that Sid Hartman. Passed away oh, yes. at the age of 100. Special so. section, Phil. Like, I mean, this is a huge deal. Um, so just quick, quickly, my favorite story that probably involves me came approximately 1993 or thereabouts. And I was I was a clerk. So, you know, I would run things uh, down to get uh, f- photos shot, um, sized and things like that. And so what, one night my friend and I w- went out to eat during our uh, dinner break and had a couple beers. And we come back in. And the Twins are playing the uh, Yankees across the street at the Metrodome. I kid you not. Sid comes in in tow, white right by him, George Steinbrenner. And he introduces, he's like, Judd, meet Mr. Steinbrenner. I'm like, how are you doing? It's great to meet you. But I mean, it's George Steinbrenner. It was like a Seinfeld. Like, it was a Seinfeld. Like, in a newsroom, in the arbitrary Minneapolis newsroom here comes steinbrenner it was just stuff like that that was just incredible yeah so uh rest in peace to a legend and uh and thoughts out to chad hartman and and the hartman family as well 100 yes, years yeah. old sid hartman and uh and if you want to save that last article it's uh well it was it was adam it was it was sid hartman saying adam thielen thinks the vikings still have the talent to turn the season around well they have a lot of talent but not enough to prevent the falcons from scoring 40 points today and Kirk Cousins from maybe having his worst game as a Viking, those three interceptions in the first half. Before we get to some of our Vikings, uh, our Vikings fans and and commenters here, Judd, just your quick overview on the Vikings getting smoked by a winless Falcons team today. So they they no showed this game completely. They played terrible, but I will say this: there is even the staunchest Cousins defender cannot come up with a, yeah, but Kirk could, couldn't, but I mean, the offensive line, right? But the defense, um, but there were drop passes, right? No, this is, this is 
unlike all of the games in, in which the cousins entourage tells us you don't understand what he's up against this game is on one guy he set the tone from the first pass from scrimmage he threw three picks two of which i think were absolutely awful on which he had no clue and how but for the grace of god he did not get benched at halftime i'll never understand um it's not that that sean Mannion's a better quarterback it's not that he would have led you back but my God, if that doesn't get you benched, nothing will. That loss is on one guy. It starts and ends, in my opinion, with the quarterback of this team who just got a $66 million contract extension. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. This was this was probably his worst game as a Viking. You could point to certain halves. The Buffalo game was a disaster. The home game, uh, the first half of of the Denver game last year, where they fell behind twenty to nothing, but he did not throw an interception in that game. So mm-hmm. I mean, to come out of the gate and your season's on the line, if you still, if you believe as a team that you have a chance to beat a, a, a you know an zero and five Falcons team and turn this thing around, out of the gate to throw just a ridiculously stupid interception is amazing. And so for anybody who's been asking us over the the past few weeks, why are you guys so hard on Kirk Cousins? nothing else to say there's nothing else to say the first half is evidence and i will say judd zolgad if you are in the camp of people and vikings fans who've already accepted the fate of this team going into this falcons game then today was a beautiful day to be a vikings fan because today was a great day to hashtag tank for trevor and i just want to tell you the tank for trevor play of the game for me had to have been the third interception to really just Punch it home for the Vikings. Make sure you're down by three touchdowns at halftime. Make sure that it's insurmountable and that you have the best possible chance to get the Falcons their first win and and stay in the mix for Trevor Lawrence. So it, it's a great day depending on your mindset as a Vikings fan. Well, one, I, I'd like to make two points off of that. One is this was still – I have no problem – with a loss, but the team entirely quit. Like this is a team very much so that basically looked at its head coach and said, post bye week, we don't care if you're back. That's a problem. Like, look, I understand they're young. I understand that they're flawed. I understand that they're not good, but they no showed this game entirely. Um, if they had lost by three points, I'd be like, great loss. But this loss, besides the, the fact that Eureka, guess who's good? Justin Jefferson. He's Beyond ridiculous. that, Beyond that, though, we learned nothing other than the fact that this team quit. That's problem one. Problem two is, can we briefly touch on the third pick? Because I'd, like I'd like to talk about that pick, okay? That pick was thrown to a dropping linebacker who was going back into coverage. Raheem Morris, who came from the Bucks and was their coach, all right? What that linebacker was doing on that play was a traditional Tampa 2 look. Like, that's the most, that's the most 2005 look I could give you. Like, if you were the quarterback playing the Falcons today, you would have been looking for that guy, and you would not have thrown that ball. Well, um, what, he, what he would tell you, though, is that, and I mean, this is somewhat valid, his hand on the follow-through hit the defensive lineman's hand going up to block the pass, and the ball came out directly to the linebacker. But that's like that stuff happens all the time with Kirk, where he's dropping back and doesn't sense pressure, or he steps up and doesn't, you know, so I, you can excuse the third one more than the first two because the I, first two were just straight-up clean, terrible interception. I thought the whole thing was an absolute disaster, and it was terrible. And and um, the, the thing that would concern me most if I'm the Wilfs is the fact that I saw a team that pretty much quit. 
Except for Justin Jefferson, nope. who was Except incredible. And I think the well, thing that we learned, as good as we know Justin Jefferson is, nine catches, a buck 66, two touchdowns, a little bit of garbage time at the end. But I think we learned that he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And I maybe I'm maybe I'm too much of a homer, but like I think that dude is one of like the six or seven best wide receivers in the NFL. And I would be willing to uh, to have anybody fight me on that right now. Look, watch this guy play. The numbers are there, and the eye test is there. We also learned this. If if you recall, in the no-show against the Broncos, in week 11 of last year, who was the one guy who galvanized this team completely and said, this ends in the second half? Stefan Diggs, who eventually said, I'm done here, right? In the second half of this game, yeah, they put up some garbage stats. Who cares? The other thing, too, is I, I kept my eyes on the sideline. As Cousins melted down, he would go and either stand and watch the game or go look at his iPad. His receivers were at the other end of the bench, basically. And and at, I tweeted a picture of this. At one point, Thielen goes to the far corner of the sideline by himself and just stews and absolutely stews. I mean, this team right now is melting down and they are largely in it for themselves. The one thing I respected about Diggs in the Broncos game was he got ticked off and got emotional about it. This team now is just pouting, and the quarterback's a complete mess. Um, again, if they had lost by a touchdown, I'd be like, that's a pretty productive loss. The way that they didn't play, if if you are the Wilfs, has to concern you, because there was a lot of quit here, and quit to me is a problem in football. And um, and now the Vikings are also 0-3 at home as well. And, of course, like not having fans in the stadium makes it harder for them to have a home field advantage. But let's get into some uh, some comments here. Real quick, if you're new to the show and, and you're new to Os, Mackie, and Judd, you can find a seven-day-a-week Viking conversation on Purple Daily. Purple Daily podcast on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And, uh, and Vikings Ventline is part of the Purple Daily umbrella. And also our YouTube channel. Thanks to those of you who got us over 10,000 subscribers last week. That's awesome. We appreciate it. And uh, we're looking to keep growing this thing and pushing it forward. So YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We also have Mackie and Judd, the podcast, and uh, our second YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash ScoreNorthMN. So those are all the places you can find us and all of our conversations. Let's start with Sports Bro Nick here. And remember, everyone who jumps in, if you want to get in on the conversation, VikingsVentline at gmail.com will welcome you into the video. Keep it clean. Don't get us fired. That's all that we ask. Let's start with Sports Bro Nick. The Vikings got smoked today. Certainly did. Uh, first of all, RIP to the myth, the man, the legend, Sid Harden. I'm excited to uh, hear you guys touch on that and the stories I get to hear later this week. Um, so let's start with this. It's pretty easy. 100% of the blame, you guys' little pie chart or whatever you want to call it, it's on the wheels. It's on the wheels, guys. You had a GM, a coach, and a quarterback who you did not need to extend. You didn't need to extend. Let them coach their butt off and coach for that contract. See what happens when they have to coach with a little distress. And your quarterback has literally already played for a contract when he was under the franchise tag. So that wouldn't have been anything new to him. I just can't for the life of me understand why you extended all three of them. They need to make it right by firing the GM and firing the coach. And hopefully we can continue to lose. That is all I have. Do you guys think Mike Zimmer is still the coach in one week, in two weeks when the Vikings play the Packers? Do you think they do? 
Do you think I they think shake so. it up to that degree? Do you think yeah. they fire him tomorrow? They they got to lose a couple more. Yeah, he's the coach. But, I mean, they, they came – his players today played like they wanted, wanted him out. There's no question about it. Like, th- this was a game – this was as bad as Childress's last game at the Metrodome in 2010, which was the November loss to the Packers. This was that. Like, if you don't care, it's obvious. And they didn't care. And the quarterback was just absolutely feeble. Yeah, and it's like, here's the problem, too. Kirk Cousins, there, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. We've, and obviously, he's not one of the elite quarterbacks. So, I mean, this is I'm preaching to the choir here. But when the wheels start to come off, he's just not the guy. Even, like, you know, throw a couple interceptions. It happens. Tom Brady throws interceptions. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. But, like, most quarterbacks throw interceptions. And he's just not the guy that's going to come out give a pep talk on the sidelines, get everyone galvanized and fired up. It's like he needs something else to happen so that he can sort of ride the wave. He's not going to be the one that creates the wave for you when things are going the wrong way. Sports Bro Nick, your final thoughts. My final thoughts is I'm literally watching all the bad teams on Red Zone and the scoreboard and see what the scores are for the other game. Because we need the other teams to win. I think – I think the Giants pulled it out against the Washington football team. That's good. So I'm literally scoreboard watching and hoping that we continue to lose and they continue to win. Love That's it. all we can hope for. <laughs> Sports it. bro and Nick, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Vikings vet line here. Run. And, I, and I just want to say, all right, I think Vikings fans, you guys have had in, in the conversations we've had on vet line and the feedback we get on, on our purple daily episodes, there's still a certain faction of Vikings fans that's wrestling with what to root for this season. That Man, it's just so counterintuitive to root for your team to lose in the moment. I want to reiterate, I will never, ever fault a Vikings fan for rooting against the Vikings in games like this, especially once Kirk throws an interception to start it off. Like, If you want your team to win a Super Bowl, it's very likely that losing a bunch of games, now that you've gone down this path, like you know, you're already buried and the season's over, it's very likely that losing as many games as possible and just ripping the bandaid off this season is going to get you closer to a Super Bowl than if you were to scrap and fight and root for games like this to go the other way in the second half. So you should not feel guilty as a Vikings fan rooting against your team in a game like today. Just want to put that out there for the conscience of Vikings fans. So I, I think the, the, the loss um, to the Seahawks last week, though, that's a tough loss because that's a good game. And, like, they played well, and they're not a great team, but they tried hard, right? Yeah. I, I think where if I'm a Vikings fan today, help me turn a corner, is if the team doesn't care, why should I? Like, they, are, they actively lost this game. They worked to lose this game. They did not care. I can't articulate enough in watching them. When, when you come out this flat and this dead and your quarterback um, basically shows exactly who, who he is, if you're a fan to me, this is a very easy thing now to just basically say, okay, be done with this. Because if you're, if you're you know, the Tennessee loss or the Seattle loss, those are tough games. And as a fan, I think they take something from you. This was a loss where you could have easily turned off the TV at halftime and basically say, give me the draft pick. So games like this where a team, to me, quits, makes it a very easy decision if I'm a fan to go way more towards draft pick than it does, man, that's tough. I I hope they come back in Green Bay and win. You don't want them to win in Green Bay now. You want them to continue. If you're going to play like this, play like this, which is why Cousins, to me, should have, have been benched. Sean Mannion might stink, but here's my question. What was the point? And Kirk Cousins deserved to sit on the sideline and watch the same crap that we had to. Like, he had earned that right. 
If you want to watch this garbage, watch it. Sit on the sidelines. Stand there. I don't care. But put your helmet down and accept the fact that you deserved this. Declan, who else we got? Yeah, let's go to Kip. Kip Nasdaq. And by the way, we have a full room right now. So everyone that's emailing and saying, I can't get in, I can't get in. We see you. We're going to get you in. But we have a full room. We have a limit. We're going to get you in the show. But keep the emails coming. Appreciate you guys. Kip, we are, we are stretching the capabilities of our, of our technical setup here. We love it. All right, Kip, go ahead. Just don't get us fired, man. Keep it clean. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Vikes fan 1930. I think my home run pick might happen with them trading for Cousins and trading up in the draft. But if I'm the Wilfs, I am Jack McCoy tomorrow issuing subpoenas for, for Kubiak, for Zimmer, for Cousins. They are in my office tomorrow. And the first question is, what the heck happened? And then if I'm – if I'm uh, if then if I'm the Wilfs, I'm out issuing a statement saying we are clearing house that the end of the season if this doesn't turn around or you're telling you're telling um, Spielman don't get cute you're drafting a quarterback in the first round I don't care what it takes trade all your 10 11 draft picks for Trevor Lawrence I mean just get it and then if I'm Jug Zolgad I'm ripping the Vikings tomorrow saying I told you guys this back and. 2018 this isn't gonna work you know and here i am on the door but i think the biggest mistake they made was letting kevin stefanski walk last year they should have turned the reins over to kevin stefanski having the young guy in there and just um seeing what he could do as a young blood let zimmer go and retire to the ranch because i think even though the browns got killed today they didn't give up on the coach. They still sat there and at least tried to play the Steelers. So, yeah. Kip, good stuff, man. Vikes fan, nineteen thirty. Bringing the bringing the takes. We'll talk to you. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. There goes Jack McCoy, um, District Attorney of the Vikings. <laughs> let's keep it rolling here. Who else we got, right. Deck? Uh, I believe we have L right here. L, what's going on? Hi, how's it going, guys? What's happening, man? How are you hey, feeling man, today? Uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I pray that you guys hope the Dodgers win tonight. Big Dodgers, Lakers fan. Um, but I'm a diehard Vikings fan. So I got two things. First and foremost, I was one of the first callers last year that started tank for Trevor, trying to trade up for Trevor last year. If you guys remember, I kept calling and said, we got to get Trevor. Um, I think that's the hope for the Vikings here. Um, I think if it's either going to be Fields or Trevor. You don't, you don't take that guy from North Dakota State. Lance, I'm in South Dakota. Um, I've actually seen him play before. Um, he's he's a he's a nice prospect, but I just think you have to take you to Trevor or, or Fields. Um, that's that's one thing. The next thing, Dantzler. It seems every time I watch a game, a quarterback throws a ball up in the air, and it's Dantzler who doesn't know where he's at on the field. I I mean, he's a young guy, young rookie. Um, we we have hope for him. I mean, I, I believe he played at South Carolina. I, I, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Dantzler? Yes. I believe I, South Carolina. I've got it right here. Yeah, that's yeah, um, South Carolina. Was, okay. Oh, Mississippi State. Mississippi that's State. Said. Mississippi State. Anyways, Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's young. I mean, I get it. We're going to get these guys experience. But it just seems every time on a big, it's either third or 12, fourth and 10, the quarterback throws it up, and it's him. He doesn't know where he's at. Um, I mean, hopefully that turns around. Um, and then the last thing is Cleveland today. I, I felt like. Um, he was getting also thrown around. Um, so I don't know. I I, I, I blame Spielman big time on this. You can't seem to get any quality guards for – I get it, it's not all Kirk Cousins' fault, but you can't seem to draft the right guards here. 
I, I just there's no pass. I mean, it's if, if if Zimmer goes, I think Spielman has to go too because he's also responsible. He hasn't been able to solidify the offensive line. I I, I just think it's only fair. I think part of the problem here, and, and maybe, maybe it's not a problem, maybe the Wills have already talked about this, but in a pandemic year where every NFL franchise is taking a major financial bath and like they're, they're paying all their players, but they're not putting any fans in the stands, so they're taking a huge financial hit. And don't get me wrong, like the Wolves are going to be able to feed their grandkids and generations. Like They're not going to go bankrupt or broke, but I just think it's harder to fire a coach and a general manager that you just gave multi-year contract extensions to now than it would be ordinarily. I mean, they gave Brad Childress a contract extension after 2009 and fired him, but they were also putting you know 70,000 fans in the seats every single week. So I would I would actually be pretty shocked if they did make a move right now on Zimmer and or Spielman. But the other thing to think about, these are sunk costs, man. Like, if you don't think those guys can get it done, I mean, well, we got to keep them around another year because we're paying them. Well, I mean, if, if you're not going to go broke or bankrupt and you don't think those are the guys to run the franchise, then you might just have to swallow hard, Al. Yeah, my, my last thing, I know you guys got a lot of people. My biggest fear is, though, Spielman can't get the right quarterback. I feel like... If we get a top 10 pick, he's either not going to trade up to get the guy or he's going to pick the wrong guy. And, and that's my biggest fear. And, and, and it, I mean, it sucks watching Teddy Bridgewater today. He's all, I mean, the guy's playing with no Christian McCaffrey and he just seems like he was our guy. Obviously we couldn't prevent that from happening. So, I mean, it's just, it, it sucks. You know, it seems like with this team since basically since I was a Vikings fan, Dante Culpepper, it's the real last young quarterback that you were like, okay, this guy has, can take us to the next level. So, I hope Spielman gets it right this time. Yeah. L, great stuff, man. And uh, you might have to look for – I know you've got Lakers and – so you got Dodgers and Lakers. I mean, at this point, you might just want to go Rams and just make it an inventory <laughs> thing. So <laughs> take care, dude. Thanks for coming uh, on. Go Corey Seager. He's good at his sport, at least. At least somebody is. Hey, I want I want to throw one more thing at you guys here and, and for the viewers and for the listeners of Vikings Ventline – all right, I, I want us to start paying attention to the 1996-1997 San Antonio Spurs because I think this is a really interesting organizational comparison. The San Antonio Spurs' first season as a franchise, I believe it was in the AWA back in 1967. Mm-hmm. And for basically the first 30 years of their existence, they made the playoffs almost every year but could never get through to that next level and win a championship. So they were this extremely respectable, stable organization. They had good records, and they were always in contention, but they could never really play on that next level with the Lakers and with the Celtics and uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So what happens in 1996-97? A little bit of bad luck. David Robinson goes down with an injury. And they used that season as an example, just a kind of a fluke bad season. And they said, all right, let's lean into this. Let's, let's generate as many ping pong balls as we can in the NBA draft lottery because Tim Duncan, an actual franchise changer, is sitting at the top of the draft board. Mm-hmm. And so they leaned in. They embraced really their only train wreck season in franchise history. They get the franchise changing player in the draft. And guess what? The very next season. They start a dynasty, basically. I don't know if I call the Spurs a dynasty, but they won their first of a handful of championships, and they became one of the best franchises in the NBA over the next 20 years. That's what this Vikings team can be because they've got pieces, man. Like these young cornerbacks, I know they get burned 
you know, once in a while. But these young quarterbacks look like they can play a little bit. You've got edge rushers. If if Daniil Hunter comes back healthy next year, Justin Jefferson is a star. Dalvin Cook is under contract next year. Like you've got pieces to bounce back next year. Lean into this and get a franchise-changing quarterback in the first round, just the like players, the Spurs did 25 years ago. The players are certainly trying. It, it looks like it, if uh, if Rick and Mike aren't on board, the players are, which is a curious thing about this. Um, I think what you have to ask yourself, though, too, is this one. If you do this, so if if you get – if the franchise leans into what you're talking about, Phil, I think the question then becomes, do you have the right people in charge, both from a uh, personnel judgment standpoint and, and the execution of that uh, of that personnel? Um, are they the right people to guide that? And and it's 2020. And so does a defensive first hard-nosed coach work? And I don't know that the answer then is, is yes. So I think there's a lot of decisions that the Wilfs are going to have to make basically without Rick as well uh, about where this franchise is at if they do indeed continue down this path. And you know what? It's another really good question. Um, does Rick have the ability with this current franchise to find that quarterback? And we don't know that. We don't know that. But there is definitely a case to be made now with where things have gone and the team dropping uh, to one and five on the season that you are at a critical juncture here where you're going to need to examine the possibilities. And and an interesting t- talking point, too, is if the Vikings don't do this right right now, there's, a, there's an argument to be had that the playoff win in the Superdome last January is one of the most um, counterproductive wins in franchise history. Because if they lose that game, Zimmer's almost certainly gone. Stefanski's in. I don't know that Kirk gets extended. There's a lot of things that that win actually changed. Um, But there's going to have to be judgments made now about where this franchise is at. And if you do properly lean into it, then do you then continue down the right path? And Mike's contract extension begins next year. And it's three years. Is he the guy that that you want in charge? Or if you are going to pursue the type of quarterback that you're talking about, do you make a conscious decision to go to and find an offensive coach who's going to embrace, develop, and almost personally be in charge of that quarterback? Yeah. This is Vikings Ventline. I'm Phil Mackey. Judd Zolgad is live at U.S. Bank Stadium right now. Declan Goff is producing behind the scenes. And you can find Vikings Ventline right after every Vikings game finishes as part of the Purple Daily umbrella of shows. Purple Daily on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And uh, and live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We are also celebrating the life of Sid Hartman, who passed away today at the age of 100. Just an absolute icon, probably the icon of Minnesota sports. Dex, who we got next in the queue here? We got Kaz. Is it Kaz? Yep. What's up, buddy? Yes, what's going on, man? How you doing, guys? Uh, I think the first thing I've just like other people have said, rest in peace, Sid Hartman, a total, total Minnesota legend and someone I respect mightily, as do you all, it sounds like. Um, I got to say, with, with the Vikings, I think my biggest thing is you have to go for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. It's got to be one of those two guys. And it's looking at this point like you got to get an offensive coordinator that you got to pair that guy with at the hip. That's got, that's the move, in my opinion. If, if you're the Vikings, um, but yeah, I, this is you know when when we signed Kirk, yeah, even when we first signed him, not even to the extension, I, I I had my doubts. Like 
if a, if a quarterback hits the free agent market, there's a reason that he hits the free agent market, you know. And I wish the yeah, that's do that. And you know, I, I was I was a huge Teddy guy, and when his leg, you know, busted open, I was I was I was hurting, you know. But I, I'm I'm hopeful, right? And I I think kind of like what Judd talked a little bit about this last week. But if we land in the top five, which it's looking like we might. You got You got to pull all the strings you can to get one of those two guys. That's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about. That. Yeah, like you just like the Vikings just don't get these opportunities because they're just never bad enough to be that high in the draft. I mean, they were Matt Khalil. They drafted in the top five, but like I'm with you, man. Like this is this is your chance. Let's say you wind up with the fifth overall pick and you think you have to get up to two. It's I mean, the, the Chiefs went from, like, the mid-20s to 10 to get Pat Mahomes, and they gave up a bunch, and obviously they don't regret that. So I'm not like, – even, even if even if the Vikings – like, let's say they, they trade up and they give up a bunch of draft capital to get Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is a bust. I will not rip them for that. That's the right move. Like, that's mm-hmm. the right move for this franchise. Justin Jefferson is young. He's going to be a stud for 10-plus years. So I'm here. I, I agree with Judd, too. I think that's what they have to do. And, and the first – the first deal that Kirk got to me is absolutely fine. It was a lot. It was ultimately too much, but that contract was fine. It's the extension I don't understand. It, it, if they had come to anybody and said, uh, we're going to give them an a extension to, get, to give us more cap space, all of us would have said, no, 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 bad idea. Find a different way to get more cap space or just don't be good, which is also not the end of the world. Um, but it's when you continue to repeat the same mistake with quarterbacks, that's what I don't understand. That's what confuses me. It's not, yeah. look, take your chances, shoot your shots. But if the shot doesn't go in, don't get the ball back and say, we're going to try again, which is what it feels like they did with Kirk. And now they're sort of stuck. And and I don't have faith that unless they get a different administration in here, I don't have faith that they're going to correct the mistake because there's so much pride tied up. Because, again, why wouldn't you have benched him today? That was the easiest call in the history of the world. I think, I think part of it is like – I think part of it too is like I saw a lot of people like you're just saying bench him to punish him, not bench him because Sean Mannion's a prospect yeah, or anything. But I saw a bunch of people. Awful. I see a bunch of people like the Vikings probably should have just like a prospect as their second string quarterback. But ultimately, there's only like 20 or 25 viable starting quarterbacks in the NFL anyway. So if like if we're sitting here saying, boy, if like what if you know, I saw someone in the comments uh, make mention of like Nate Stanley, the Iowa kid that they drafted. Like Nate Stanley's not the answer. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if, if Kirk Cousins isn't good enough, end of story. Now you have to go find somebody else. It's not going to be like, oh, what if we try? What if we try that Jake Browning guy? No, like he's not. He's not a franchise quarterback either. It doesn't matter. Punish him is exactly what I thought. Make him watch <laughs> this crap with the rest of us. You gotta uh, watch Cass, it. You gotta watch it. Final thoughts from you, Cass. Uh, final thought. I think. A new head coach is needed. I think offensive coordinator, I mean, offensive-minded head coach is way more important right now. I think it's much easier to replace a defensive coordinator than an offensive coordinator. And, yeah, I, I think it's time. I love Zim. Zim's a great guy. But, you know, this this team needs needs a new face as the head coach. So. Yeah. Good stuff, Cass. Thanks for coming yeah. on, man. We've uh, we've got a pretty full queue. If you just want to jot down the email address, uh, whether it's for today, we might have too long of a line today, but for future weeks, it's vikingsventline at gmail.com if you want to actually join us as part of the show. And Vikings Ventline is powered by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water. And today we, we do urge everyone to drink responsibly, as Declan is right now. 
Um, right. Oh, yeah, are, we sure, are we sure about you know, that? The Vikings get their asses kicked. You know, you might uh, you might need a little sure. sip. Hey, I, 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 sure I, I hit the I hit the hay early last night. Did not get any trouble, but did I enjoy a couple of mimosas this morning before the game started? Absolutely, I did. And then hey, I'm Dex. enjoying Corona hard seltzer the whole game and post game. Dex, uh, did you? How can I ask this? Did did you get the COVID excuse two nights in a row? Yeah. <laughs> She wants okay. no part of you. It's fine. You know oh, what? Yes, I did. She should have showed up today at halftime and benched Cousins and said, "Kirk, COVID. I don't think I don't think it's an excuse, but but I did get that reasoning. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's go. We'll there. break that down later. Who's next? I'm Mackie and Judd. Let's let's go to Chancey. No no better segue than right to Chancey and Fargo. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Uh, Ch- Chancey, I'm. I, so you're doing a new location for every single game, and lighting an actual dumpster fire was such a hit last week. We challenge you to light a new dumpster fire in a new location every single week going forward if you can. Well, I met Buffalo Wild Wings in Monticello, and I don't think they want me to light their dumpster on fire here. The, the one I had before was private, right? So this one would be a little riskier. I, I don't want to go out in puffs. But after I did get off the phone with you guys, it did get a little more out of control than I'd hoped. So I had to run to the house in the dark and get some buckets of water and come back out and douse her down. So, I don't know if Zimmer's got any water he can throw on the uh, current dumpster. But- it was actually it was foreshadowing for how much the dumpster fire would grow the following week against the Falcons, as we learned. Yeah, sometimes when you guys will post something about mine, I'll, I'll share it on my Facebook. But this time I didn't, and I still had a few random people come up and say, I see you're burning dumpsters, dude. So uh, <laughs> it, you're getting a little spread with your social media. But uh, see, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to tell you guys a, a little Sid Hartman thing here. So, you know, Growing up in Northwest Minnesota, sports talk radio really wasn't a thing we got very much, uh, especially when I was a kid. You know, there wasn't any streaming. There wasn't podcasts. There wasn't the availability to listen to either KFAN or Score North or any of it because mm-hmm. we didn't have the affiliates. It just wasn't a thing. And I remember all the time listening. We would go to church on Sunday, me and my parents, and I'd have to have it on 790, which is KFGO in Fargo, and they would have the sports huddle with Sid and Dave. And that was my first experience with Sports Talk Radio. And it was so great to listen to Sid. And even back then, he was so gruff. And a caller would call in. And, and when they would be arguing with Sid, because he always had that positivity, right? It was always, well, what do you want to do, genius? You're so smart. Yep. And he would cut him down so quick. And <laughs> I used to laugh when I was a little kid in the car. And, I mean, Sid was uh, he was a great guy. But, I mean, just as far as bringing Sports Talk Radio to the outer areas of Minnesota, North Dakota, places where – Back then, it wasn't even a thing. It was just mm-hmm. local radio, you know. So, anyway, I'm very sad that he's gone. But uh, what a what an icon! Amen. So, yeah, yeah. I, it was when I was a kid. I remember him. He 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 would he would either call you a genius mockingly if you were a fan, or he would call right. he would call uh, not oftentimes like the Vikings players and the local players, but he would call opposing players and other players around the different leagues stiffs. That was yeah. always his other word that he would use. Right. Yeah. It was always very good. He was he was awesome at that. So and he always had to give out that silver uh, butternut butter steak from Murray's when you get the guests on. And I I still remember that. And and going to Murray's for that steak is still on my bucket list, mostly just because of Sid Hartman. So Sid anyway, table too. But, yeah, right on. Yeah. He's got so, a table. so I'm sitting here, Buffalo Wild Wings and Monticello, and I, I was thinking, you guys, you know, let's say you think the Vikings are going three and thirteen, two and fourteen, four and twelve, which it looks like that's going to happen, right? Even in those types of seasons for NFL teams, there's different types of seasons, right? There's there's the three and thirteen or the four and twelve, where you maybe you start off four and two, four and four, something like that, and you're 
your star QB gets hurt, right? You see Aaron Rodgers a few years ago. He goes down. Who do we got behind him? Nobody. And you're on the uh, you're on the train tracks going down, right? And then there's the, then there's that season where it's like the coach has been kind of on the hot seat for years. The team starts a little slow. They pan him. In comes the interim, and the season just it's going down, right? This Viking season is a disaster. They are actually trying to win. Their $30 million a year starting quarterback is healthy and playing. It isn't a situation where he went out and got hurt, right? This is worse than a lot of seasons you see. You see the season where a team like the Bengals this year knows they're rebuilding. They drafted a number of quarterback. They don't care. They're just saying, hey, let's just get some reps for Burroughs and, and, and reload it and, and build it up. This team was supposed to win. They were trying to win. They still are, I think, or at least Zimmer thinks they are. Spielman thinks they are. It's it's a terrible season. It's a fireable season just on that. You can't even just look at the record. And I know Spielman wears glasses. He maybe needs to get them checked, right? Go to the vision. I Because I don't care what Kirk Cousins' staff said up to that extension. Any Vikings fan, any radio commentator, any GM could see with the old-fashioned eye test that he didn't have it. Extending him was fireable on the spot. It was a disaster. What does he think? Does he just read the stat book and say 30 touchdowns sounds good, let's re-sign? There's nobody that thought that was a good idea, uh, or 2%. Rick Spielman is an idiot for doing that. And I don't care how many Dalvin Cooks he drafted. He drafted Christian Ponder and extended this guy. And those two things alone are fireable. And I also want to say one thing when people talk about Zimmer. It's really important to think about this. as like a, It's not an age thing is what I'm trying to say. I'll say, we need a new younger coach, new younger. I don't feel like young has anything to do with it. Okay, I have no problem with Mike Zimmer because of how old he is. I have a problem mm-hmm. with him because of his philosophy. Mm-hmm. I want a modern, innovative, offensive mind. Yes. I, I mean, Andy, Andy, Andy Reid's. I don't care if the guy went to high school with Sid Hartman. If he's got that philosophy, that's great. It isn't the age. It's the way he runs the team that bothers me. And that's why I want him out. Yeah, the, the, the age yeah. thing is a great point because Andy Reid's like 60, and he's one of the brilliant offensive minds and also one of the brilliant evaluators of quarterbacks too, just based on what they saw in, in Pat Mahomes. But a lot of great points, Chancey. What, what flavor wings are you plowing today? <laughs> Well, we had the appetizer sampler. I'm going to go in and finish my Miller Lite. My wife's probably wondering why the heck I'm not back in there yet. So it's cold <laughs> out here in Minnesota now. Cold out for you. I, my, I wish I had my dumpster fire right now to warm by, but uh, I better get back in. You guys have a good day. So. There you, will be plenty more weeks to light dumpster fires based on this start. All right, Chansey, from a new location you, every single week. Do, do you guys flat out think having a uh, defensive coach in 2020 is a great idea? I don't think, now, I don't think it's idea. as bad of an I don't think it's as bad of an idea as in fact I think it I think it could actually be a great idea if you also have offensive acumen and understand the importance of how to connect with and identify and develop quarterbacks and offensive staffers and and this is the, this is the other thing too Kevin Stefanski looks like he could be a star head coach and Mike Zimmer to his credit identified Stefanski enough as as he took the handoff from Leslie Frazier and previous coaching staff to sort of empower Stefanski, give him more control, eventually make him an offensive coordinator. 
And so it looked like there was a, there was a second there where it looked like, oh, Mike Zimmer has finally sort of identified the rising young star offensive coordinator. We kind of wondered how much of it was Kubiak. But I, I don't think it should just be like, you should never hire a defensive-minded head coach. But I think where Mike Zimmer lacks is he's a brilliant defensive coordinator, and the most important thing for winning in the NFL is quarterback play and offense. And, and, and he's, he just, it's, it's like, he's never fluently spoken that language. He's never been able to, to really just have like, you know, an in-depth discussion behind the scenes with Kirk that gets him to perform at his peak capabilities. And, and I think, you know, with Case Keenum, it was just sort of uh, yeah, Case is just kind of doing his thing. We just hope he doesn't turn the ball over nine times and uh, a couple throws were reckless, but it's, it's obvious that he doesn't have like a deep honed connection with those guys. He's just sort of hoping that, the people he hires can handle it. And there just seems to be a disconnect that that's, I think if you can be a defensive minded coach and still have that connection with your court, I mean, Mike Tomlin's a great example. Mike Tomlin's a defensive minded coach and, and has a great connection with the offensive side of the football and Ben Roethlisberger. But, but in Tomlin's case, he got the job in 2007 in Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh and he did not fire his, his defensive staff there and kept the three, four. So like he totally went with, oh, okay, it's a different, in, instead of saying, no, it, it's going to be a 4-3 Tampa 2. Um, Zim is so wedded to what he does defensively. What concerns me now, and especially after this performance today, though, is this one. Are the players across the board, both sides of the football, still listening? Because this performance was a, we've tuned you out, dude. This was not a, oh man, that's a tough loss. And the Falcons had a new coach and they came in and played great. And you played okay, because you're not a good team. I get that. This was a, we don't care performance. That's a really concerning thing. Because if you lose your team entirely, and by the way, it's happened to some good coaches too. So that this is not saying that Mike has not been a good coach, because at times he definitely has been. But if you lose your team like it appeared the Vikings were lost today, that is something that you basically can get to and say, seven years in, this guy's been good, but he's a gruff, hard-nosed type of coach. Do we have a lot of guys who are basically checked out now? And if that's the case, that's a very concerning thing. That's not a, we can fix this. That is a, what happened here? And how, how much, and can we, can we get through this or can we not? That's what's concerning. And see, and see I don't know if I would say that the, I, I, I didn't get the same vibe from today's Vikings players as I did from the Houston Texans players a couple weeks ago. The Houston Texans felt like they had flat quit. The Vikings to me feel like a team that's super shorthanded roster wise. They're not really prepared to go out and compete just from a roster perspective with some of these opponents. And it feels like, Everybody kind of knows that Kirk Cousins isn't good enough. It almost feels, I've seen some people in the comments uh, who have said similar things, and I totally agree. It almost feels like they're quitting on their quarterback more than they're quitting on their coach to me. Not that they like full on buy into the coach by any means, but but then that comes back to my point. If you're the coach, how do you not bench that guy? Like, how do you not take the temperature of that and say, oh my God, you've checked out on our quarterback? He's benched. I'm not saying for the Packers game. I'm saying at halftime, do something. Do something here. Like that snowball's going down the hill, and it's picking up steam and picking up steam, and you're sort of like, what am I going to do? No, that's not the answer. You're in charge of this whole team. So yeah. if, the players, if the players are quitting on Kirk, then there's one thing to do. Yeah. Tell Kirk, tell Kirk, grab your ball cap, grab that bench, and we're going to play anybody else but you too bad. 
Instead, it's like, oh, uh, let's just continue on the same path. Vikings vent line, Judd's at the stadium, Phil Mackey, Declan Goff. Dex, who we got next here? Let's go to another Vikings fan. We got uh, RJ. RJ, what's going on, dude? Hey, what's up? Um, so first, first to start, Judd, I'm going to say I'm a little bit happy that they didn't bench Kirk just because he was on my fantasy team. I thought he was going to – this is a perfect Kirk cousin bounce back game, I thought. Um, so I was like, hey, garbage time. Let's get some, let's get some points. But that, he, that got, he, got you a couple, he got you a couple. Uh, <laughs> no, what did no, he get in the he second half? He threw, yeah. three, he threw three touchdowns in the second half. Oh, no, he, he, he ended up coming back. Um, All right. So don't worry. It's, I, I had Dak before, and that, that didn't work out. So, um, But, no, yeah, I think, I, think, I think the thing that's hardest is – like you're saying that they, they gave up on Zimmer and I don't really think it's that. I think when your quarterback throws interception, the first play, they like no coach could have overcame the way Kirk played today. We could have had Bill Belichick. We're losing today. Um, You can't put a team like game plan to overcome that terrible performance. So it's like a lot of people are going to say, let's clean house. Let's get rid of Spielman. Let's get rid of Zimmer. And then interim coach, Kubiak, like that's not going to do anything for us. We can't hire anyone who's an assistant coach right now. Like right now we're just stuck. Um, and, yeah. and the thing for me, it's like, I like Zimmer. I think he's a great defensive mind. I, I don't really think you can win with, I think the thing that's hard about right now, it's like, and we saw it last year. It's if you have a defensive minded coach, your offense does well because it's an offensive league and your coordinator leaves and you start from scratch. So it's like, why not just get the offensive guy and put him as your head coach so he can't go um so so i don't know i think right now we're stuck because we're not vikings fans are not lucky enough to get trevor trevor lawrence like don't we're not getting him we're gonna somehow find five wins and be in no man's land for eternity um but yeah i i just don't know like what can we really do here because what are we gonna like gary kubiak's not the answer for moving forward anyways. And so I think like you keep Zim because he's good enough for now. And at the end of the season, if you have a guy that you like can find, it's an offensive minded coach or just a coach that is going to be the next guy for the future. Like, yeah, that's when you make the change. Like right now it's when you're tethered to Kirk, I don't really think any coach is going to overcome that. So it's, there's nothing we can really do here. RJ, great stuff, man. Thanks for thanks for bringing the take. What jer- I, I can't see your jersey. What jersey are you rocking? AP, an actual good Viking player. <laughs> I don't remember those. Amazing. Yeah, I know. So, and at least at least RJ can feel good about Kirk uh, with the three touchdowns in the second half for his fantasy team. Just a right. brilliant garbage time performance by oh, Kirk Cousins today. Unbelievable. He always uh, does. He, it. He, he gave us the he gave us the tank for Trevor performance that we all needed in the first half. And then he helped those fantasy owners in the second half. It's great I stuff. He, I think he might be the the, the CRJ. best, the best Vikings box score quarterback wise of all time. I think Kirk Cousins is the best box score. I really do. He gives you it's a great box score, man. box score. He gives you a box score where you're like fantasy wise, this is pretty damn good. It's um, very tantalizing. Yes. But all hope is lost. But all hope is lost. The, the, the ship has sunk, and he's still sitting there at the wheel being like, I'll steer this. No, no, Kirk, it's done. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, Dex, who else you want to bring in here? All right. We got our buddy Dave in South Carolina. Get ready here, boys. All what right, got, Dave? Dave. Hey, guys. How are you? Dave in South Carolina. What's up, Dave? All right. Um, Phil, you made some good points. Um, Judd, you've also made some good points. Let me start with that. 
The comment was made by Mike Zimmer to Courtney Cronin a couple years ago at the uh, NFL meetings, if you remember, that if we make the wrong choice at quarterback, I will be fired. Okay? So that is going to happen eventually, number one. That's why you can't take him out, Judd, and replace him, because if you do, you lose all credibility with the path that you've went down with your general manager. First, let's go back in history. We've had terrible decisions at, at coach. We, um, we hired Denny Green. We could have hired Pete Carroll. Let me go, let me go further. We let Tony Dungy go and leave uh, to Tampa Bay uh, when Denny was kind of in that rocky period. Uh, let me go back. Let me, let me proceed. We then um, hire Brad Childress, right? And at that point, let, let's, let's take a step back and say, They hired this guy. Uh, I'm not going to blame the Wilfs at that point because they wanted a new and fresh start. But then we let Mike Tomlin (laughs) go after his first year defensive coordinator and let him go to Pittsburgh and let's see what he's done. To your point, Phil, a defensive coach can win. Now, I've been a big Zimmer guy. Jed, you know I told you last year that you criticized me on the radio saying that you know, I was willing to go whatever way that the wind blew with the purple. Definitely not. I told you that they needed to lose those games at the end. Mm-hmm. And they needed to lose that game to New Orleans. Now, I did turn turn I turned tail when when they won because I wanted to support them. But we're at the bottom. This is the bottom line, guys. Okay, three defensive backs left last year. Why? Okay, it's not all money. It's not all talent. They didn't want to be there. That you fire the defensive backs coach, who's probably a Hall of Fame, in my opinion, defensive back coach and defensive back, okay? And then you promote your son and your best friend in the coaching industry to that position as coordinator. But yet you still call plays. So here is my point. I don't care what you guys say. I respect all three of you. But don't sit here and tell me when I'm listening to this on the radio, not even on the radio, on the ESPN app, and guys are running – and catching a ball 10 and 15 yards free down the field. You could easily go with a big nickel. You could play an extra safety. They're not doing that. These guys are being put in bad positions to succeed, and I think it's a shame. And I think today, when you tell me for the third game in a row in this stadium, they come out not ready to play. So I'm at the point right now where there's a lot of jobs that are going to be open. Let's go through it. Jets. Uh, Falcons, uh, possibly Lions. Um, I'm going to go on. We, we can continue. There is no team, in my opinion, that has the talent and has the ability in the draft to get what you need offensively than this Viking team. So let's let's pray they do not win any more games. It was hard for me today, guys, to pull against them. It really bothers me. It's not in my DNA. Um, you know, I've met Sid Hartman at the Hall of Fame many years ago and when Bud Grant got inducted. It hurts me to feel this way. I hate it. I've waited nine months for piss-poor performances. And at this point, you've got a couple weeks to trade Cousins. you got to bite the bullet. Let's pray to goodness that Garoppolo stinks, Mullen stinks, and the third quarterback stinks. And let's hope that the Rams blow them out. But other than that, you got to take the bullet. you got to swallow it. And I, one thing about Spielman, Spielman is a smart guy, and I think at some point 
you've got to separate yourself from this. Or just like the gentleman in Atlanta, you're going down to Pike with it. So either you better come correct and realize you're right. There is no way with this philosophy, with this kind of offensive talent, with this kind of offensive line, you're going to win. So in my opinion, Jed, y'all may think I'm crazy. Uh, Phil, I'm going to disagree with you. My God, put Nate Stanley in. I'm going to take Gary Kubiak's word over yours. Put anybody in, play them, play all these young guys, and let's see where we end up so we know when somebody comes in and says, I'm going to take this roster, I'm going to make these changes, they can see film and they can prioritize it. But Eric Bieniemy, to me, is going to have his pick of these jobs. He's been in Minnesota. He knows the system. You have to make sure that you make a change soon so that you can be ready and be prepared to strike when it, when it, when the iron is hot at the end of the season. Yeah. So, guys, I, I totally agree with a lot of your points. You guys make a lot of great points. I'm just saying to you, I've lost all hope. I'm pulling now for losses because I'm a big, I'm a great Vikings fan and I cannot take this anymore. And to me, it's an indictment on a quarterback. It's an indictment on the coach. I'm sorry. You cannot continue to put your guys in these positions. And if they're not prepared to play, you know what you need to do? Why did you make these decisions to draft these guys? Correct. Which was Spielman. But let's look at it. You always talk about bars. Yeah. Let me finish up real quick. You talk about bringing back Anthony Barr. You're exactly right. I watched Mike Rimmers play for the Chiefs on Sunday. And you know what position he's playing? He's playing guard. Now, you know, we said we couldn't play guard, right? We took him tackle to guard, but he's playing guard. I just don't feel Zimmer is the one that has purported this, that has pushed his agenda on this roster. I do not think it's Spielman. And if Spielman goes, give me George Payton. Let's get a change. Let's change the philosophy. I hate to say it. I can't believe I'm saying this. Offensive-minded, offensive coach. I don't care how old he is, like Chancey. I don't care if he's my age, Judd's age, which is close to mine. I don't care if he's Declan's age. We've got to go in a different direction with this talent. Or you're right, Phil. The next decision could take this team five or six years into the gutter or in a year or two. I agree with you. You're right back in it. Correct? I think this, yep. this team yep. is Dave, Dave it's you. great stuff. We, we got to run because we got a bunch of other people in queue here, but Dave always brings a ton of great points and passion. Um, and I would say that, listen, I'm on the Nate Stanley bandwagon too. If it's part of the tank for Trevor plan to lose as many games as possible, if you want to run Nate Stanley out there. Uh, I I'm all for it. Let's get somebody else in here. Declan, who else yeah. we got in queue? We got Emmanuel here. Emmanuel, what's mm-hmm. going on? dude? Hey guys. Uh, that last call was kind of long winded. He made, made some great points, but, uh, uh, Emmanuel, is that like an old school starter Vikings jacket you're rocking right now? I, I called him last week. I'm, I'm calling he was, he was rocking it last week. Yeah, it yeah. Were you okay? It's yeah. awesome. Love it. It's good luck. Jared was like, I'm about to go uh, golfing and, and all that. Can I can I myth bust for, for Vikings Nation? Please uh, do. We are never one player away. Uh, we drafted Christian Ponder with the 12th overall pick. He was garbage. We drafted Matt Khalil with the third overall pick. He was garbage. The Jets, the Bengals, the Browns have all drafted first overall picks. They're terrible. So I, I'm I'm with the tank for Trevor fail fail for Fields or whatever the slogan is there, but uh, the Vikings 
if we are ever going to go to the promised land, it's never going to be one. We acquire one player. Uh, lest I lest I remind remind Vikings Nation about our faithful trade with uh, Dallas and uh, the the Herschel Walker trade of, of feeling like we're one player away. Uh, if even if we were able to draft one of these top quarterbacks to get throttled by the Falcons at home for whatever at home means these days is yeah. uh, indicative of holes all across our team. So. It's true. It's true. Now, I but I here's where maybe I'm just being Pollyanna here, Emmanuel, but I still look at there are holes, even if everyone's healthy, but I still look at like Garrett Bradbury has taken a step forward this year. I think Brian O'Neill is going to be unless he gets hurt or something. I think Brian O'Neill is going to be your right tackle for a number of years. Uh, I actually like Gladney and Dantzler. I think I mean, those guys are taking some rookie lumps against really good quarterbacks. And Aaron Rodgers is probably going to light them up a little bit, too, after the bye week. But I think you've got you've got some star pieces that you can really build on going into 2021. But you've got like you've got to you got to make sure that you've got the coach right. If you're if you're uncertain about the coach, you got to make sure you got the coach right. You got to make sure you've got the quarterback right. Um, and you've got to make sure that you you know whatever remaining draft or free agency capital you have next year, you have to make sure that you use it on offensive line. Um, but I, I don't think like I don't look at this team and say wow that's this is going to be like a five-year rebuild. Um, I think they've got some good young talent, and they just, you know, they just need a, a jolt in 2021. The question depends on this one. Um, I, I think we, as a whole, and the team itself, has a very different idea about who the quarterback should be. And if that question remains in flux with us and the Vikings continue to come back and say, no, Kirk's going to be fine. That's the problem is you, the best that you're going to be is good. So (laughs) until that question gets answered definitively, which is we tried on Kirk, it didn't work. And now we're going to option a B or C. um, I think that the Vikings might be a decent team. They might be a fun team in 2021. They might be competitive, but are they a Super Bowl championship type team with him at QB? No. And he will never win a championship. Like, it's just, we've seen it. We've seen it. So so you can get as much as you want right beyond him, but until you get that position right, and until you get a player at that position, and I, I mean, let's just talk about intangibles here, okay? Let's talk about the ability to calm things down. First pass today, picked off. He's a mess, right? Third quarter, last week, same thing. He collapses. Those are not, it shouldn't take that much for a GM to say, you know what, I identified this guy. In hindsight, in some ways, I was wrong, and now I have to do something different. But as long as the people in Egan think, let's keep running this guy back a quarterback, we're going to watch the same thing. And and it's going to go really bad sometimes, and then it might get sort of good, but it's never going to be to where ultimately Vikings fans are starved for, and that is a chance to actually win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, Can final I- thought from you, man. We need to draft a quarterback in the third or fourth round every single year. That's That's got to be until we hit Third or fourth round, we have to treat it like poker, probabilistic. Third or fourth round, every single year. Mm-hmm. I love the any, any poker reference is good in my <laughs> book. Like you just like you know you play all the you, you, if you're playing super tight like the Vikings do, they only play Ace King, and they thought they thought Kirk Cousins was Ace King a couple of years ago. Why don't you play a little nine ten suited once in a while? Draft a third round quarterback and see what happens. Totally, <laughs> you never know. Thanks, guys. All right, Emmanuel. 
Thanks, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Let's keep rolling through here as we uh, we're a little bit over an hour into Vikings Vent Line, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of podcasts, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Click that subscribe button if you haven't already, and we'll get you uh, during the season seven days a week of Vikings content. Packers up 10 rip on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers right now, just in case you're, I don't know, a masochist and want to know that information. Who, who's next, Declan? We got uh, our buddy Ben in Florida. Ben, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Um, so I was just um, going through Twitter and looking at the Minnesota news, looking at the um, post-game press conference with Mike Zimmer. He basically said this something that just really bothers me a lot. He said it's strange watching the Vikings barely losing to Seattle and then getting blown out by Atlanta. That, to me, tells me a coach that doesn't see – that a coach of a team that's one in five, and he doesn't know why. And if I'm an owner, that's a problem. And, you know, I know you guys – Some I know, Phil, I know you're not really for canning a coach right now because, you know, things like that. I'm not even going to talk about Kirk Cousins because he's a lost cause at this point. He's just yeah. – he is what he is at this point. But if you're going to uh, – if you're going to can a coach – you got a familiar opponent coming out the bye. You got two weeks. This is a great time to do it because if this continues, there's no way he's coaching next year. No way Zimmer's coaching next year. So they need a new coach. You know, I'm not saying Trevor, if they get the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence is a guarantee, but his ceiling is Kirk Cousins' floor. I mean, his ceiling yeah, is Kirk yeah, Cousins' floor. His floor is Kirk Cousins' ceiling. Yeah, his floor is Kirk Cousins' ceiling. That's what I, that's what I meant to yeah. say. So, you know, and and again, this is not a roster void of talent. They've got good players. they got some unknown players. But, you know, you got to see if they can play. And one, and there was a stat that I saw this week that just really just made me blow up. The Vikings on second and 10 are run the most – run the second most run plays. You know, second and 10 doesn't work. You know who runs the most – Run plays on second and ten. Take a wild guess. The Jets. You're right. <laughs> and the Jets that is that is a coaching problem. That is a coaching problem. Stop. Adam Gaze hasn't blinked in four years. He's just running the ball <laughs> on second and ten. You're the same category as the Jets. You in a, in a statistic, you are a, that is a serious problem. So they have to make a change at the bye. Absolutely, positively, you got to do it. You know, because it's great. He won't be coaching next year anyway. Ben, great I, stuff, man. Great yeah. stuff. We appreciate yeah, you coming on. You always bring great level-headed opinions. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't see him being f- fired right now. Well, let's let's ask this because I think there's I think you and I both agree in that I would I would be pretty shocked. You'd be pretty shocked if they actually did fire him, even though there is a bye week. Uh, I guess you know the, the Vikings. So many crazy things happen with this franchise. I guess it wouldn't be entirely shocking. But let's ask it this way, and we can and we can flesh this out more on Purple Daily throughout the week and Mackie and Judd. But do you think Mike Zimmer is the right coach for 2021? Is there any scenario in which you think he's the right coach for 2021? Right now, I'm beginning to think no. Um, I, I just I don't know where this team is at with him. But the more I watch it, and today especially, really concerns me. Um, but I just don't I don't know if the philosophy is right now. And, and that doesn't mean that you're wrong, Phil. I do agree with you in the fact that they have some really nice parts. And Gladney and Dantzler, and D- Dantzler especially, 
today was Holton Hill bad, but I think those guys can develop and, and Jefferson's going to be a star if he's not a star already and Cook's going to come yeah. back. And, and so they've got some nice pieces to the puzzle. The issue is, do, do they have the right philosophy and right approach? And I'm beginning to think no. And look, the thing is, unless your name is Bill Belichick, okay, you are as a coach going to reach an expiration date. It's just the way life works. Like there is no, there is no guy that is, is going to be around now, aside from Belichick, for 15 or 18 years. Mike is a crusty, defensive-minded coach, seven years in now. And, you know, I, I think we sensed a little bit in 2019 that the players were starting to tune him out, and I can see that sort of continuing. Um, so I don't know that he is the right coach, but I'm going to come back to the most important thing. He might not be the right coach, but did, did you just give him a three-year contract extension, which, by the way, doesn't kick in until 21, and Spielman, too. Did you give them three-year contract extensions, and you have no fans in this building? Like, you are losing money, basically, compared to your normal revenue. Did you give him that to fire him now or this quickly? Um, be, because the difference is, yes, in 2010, Childers had a contract extension that I believe actually was going to go through 2013, and you fired him in November of that year. But you also had fans in the Metrodome. You, you were making money as you ordinarily do. I just think a lot of business, not just in this league, a lot of business around sports, a lot of decisions are going to be made based on the fact that the normal income is not there. And so I would be really surprised because if they pull the plug, you're going to have to go out and A, pay another coach probably pretty well to come here and be pay off a guy like Mike. That is an expensive proposition when you don't have, for the most part, any butts and seats in this building. Yeah. Uh, Dex, who's up next year? Yeah, we got uh, our guy, Zach. Zach, what's going on? Zach, what's guys, going on, dude? Another week, another L. We're just eating them up. No, nah, um, dude, these are, these are tank for Trevor W's. <laughs> <laughs> Looking hey, to think, eat uh, all of the tank for Trevor W's. Yeah, if we have to take, you know, the hit as far as the GM and the coaches' contracts, um, that money, you know, some, some rookie QB jersey sales is going to go a long way for the Wills to cover down on that debt, you know. That's a good point. So I just, That's a good point. I mean, remember, like, before we found out that Christian Ponder was garbage, he sold a lot of merchandise for a couple of years there. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I think the only way somebody doesn't get fired after this game is because there was no fans in the stands. Because I could just imagine Skull Nation in there, you know, tank, 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 or Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. Like, this is, it, it's embarrassing. And hold I, on, hold on. Justin Fields. Justin <laughs> Fields. <laughs> I. It, to me, it's kind of one of those things now at this point. I've been saying it all seasons that I think Kirk Cousins is garbage. But um, and I, I've been even people are commenting on you guys and stuff about me like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think a lot of people love to look at the end game stats and people are going to say, well, Kirk Cousins threw for three touchdowns and he had this and he had that. And it's like, no. did you guys watch the first no. half? You know, did you guys watch yeah. the first quarter? Eagles game yeah miss me with miss me with the 343 yeah I'm good I'm good I don't need to hear about the 343 yards and three touchdowns today yeah, yeah. the points yeah. off of turnovers is terrible our defense how many times are they on a short field we're on our side of the 50 with two young corners and I, I think all of us know like corners brand new corners it's going to be a two or three year deal but guess what if we go get a rookie quarterback probably going to be another two or three year deal before he's coming along 
it, everything will line up if you go get that young guy and develop players. The Riley Reeves, he's gone after this year. Get rid of him. See if you can get any picks. Ant Harris, probably gone after this year. See if you can get any picks. Because those are all possible things that you can use to trade up or continue to draft higher or have more draft picks available to try to reload this thing in two or three years. But if we keep running it back with what we got, you know, yeah. for your poker reference, we keep getting dealt 2-4 and we're, we're anteing up. Like, let's play, <laughs> let's play. Maybe also, like, I, I feel like we've become so comfortable with good here. Like, we just – even with the wild, it was kind of like this, too. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, you know, pretty good. Like, make the playoffs, 9-7, and 11-5, and five, and, you know, once every 10 years, get to the NFC Championship game. It's great. It's like, I've been watching this team. I'm 35 years old. Um, look, Declan is younger. Zach, you're probably a little bit younger. Like, I mean – Judd's been watching this team since the seventies. Like I'm sick of good. I only care about Super Bowls and being great. And if it means having to take a step back and be bad for a minute to ultimately get good enough at the most important position, I'm fine with that. I'm just like, we're so comfortable with, Oh, well, what if the guy that they draft isn't as good as Kirk? I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me if they go, if they, if they draft another Christian Ponder, I don't care. And I'm with you. And I, and I think because a new QB is – it brings hope. Maybe you catch lightning in a ball. That's why I would even say, like, play Browning or Stanley because you don't know what you have. If Are they a lightning in a bottle case Keenum? Are they a career backup that you know you can trust, like a Charlie Batch? Like, you're not going to know unless you throw them in. We already know Mannion's not that. I don't even know why he's on the roster. If Kirk Cousins is going to – I mean, if you're really trying to tank, sure, keep playing Kirk. Like, we're going to lose. But if at least you want to see, like, what the young guys have, you know, throw them out there and see what they have because maybe that's your backup for the future for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And it, and embrace being awful. Just embrace it. Like this team is not awful much. So when, when a team is bad, just embrace that. And that's, that's what always drove me up the wall about what the 2011 collection, right? So they won three games. It's like, no, win one game. Like right. you wonder stupid game at Carolina and Washington. It's like win one game and get luck. And if yeah. that works, awesome. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. Um, but there's no reason to be like trying to get these, you know, oh, let's get that third win to say, what, what's it going to do? It does you absolutely no good. If you are going to be a franchise that is so consistently competitive, you know what? A year pops up where things go wrong. Just take advantage. And, yeah. and I'm, not, I'm not saying that players are going to purposely try and lose because I, I don't buy that. But what I do buy is the opportunity to play different guys. That secondary is terrible. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. They're just terrible. Yeah, they'll learn. But by the way, uh, uh, Salmon and a couple others quoting me saying, "Well, you, you don't care if they draft another Christian Ponder." Okay, well, I'll be even more. So I'll just be as crystal clear as I can be. The right process is drafting a young quarterback, and so if you whiff on it, of course I would care if Christian Ponder if, if they drafted the second coming of Christian. I'm saying. The right process is to draft a young quarterback and cross your fingers and hope that you have a franchise guy. And so I'm not going to punish them if they like, okay, if, if, like, if they draft Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, everybody is saying that, like, you have to draft one of those guys. All right. Now, if they get to the third round and they're gambling on guys in the third or fourth round and they're bad at developing, like, hey, that, that warrants some criticism. I'm saying draft a quarterback, make the right move, and let the chips fall where they may. It's like Jamarcus Russell or Jameis Winston. Like, those were can't miss prospects. You drafted them. Hey, they didn't work out. 
But like, I would rather my team go after that than, yeah. you know, sit on their hands and be average or below average, you know? So exactly. Zach, good stuff, dude. We'll probably talk hey, again man. after the bye week. Everybody except for Rob Brzezinski. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. He appreciates good that, idea. I'm sure. That's a good one. I agree with that. Uh let's let's see. Oh, by the way, since we since we last mentioned the Packers, Aaron Rodgers has thrown two interceptions, including a pick six. And the, the Packers heck? are now Packers are now down 14 to 10. Really? So Aaron Rodgers, who never throws interceptions, has thrown two in the last 10 minutes of real time, including a pick six. Clearly Only his washed. third pick six of his career. Clearly wow. washed. Clearly, clearly washed. He must be. All right. Who's next here, Dex? We got a Sam. Sam, what's going on, dude? Hey, guys. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. Um, real quick uh, on Sid, I think I've seen a lot of like outpouring from like national sports figures, too, I think, which speaks to just his influence and his legacy, which I think is pretty incredible. Um, mm-hmm. So I live in D.C., and at halftime, I was very upset. And then I looked out and realized it was 65 and sunny. And so for the whole second half, I went for a walk. I got a coffee. Felt great. And I kind of made peace with – I found peace about Kirk. It's kind of like a breakup where, wow. like, after a while, you're like, you know, wow. the clarity of it all. Because I am a Kirk defender. I will be the first to admit that. Like – when Kirk was playing that month last year, when he was being the Giants and the Lions, I was chugging the Kirk Kool-Aid. I loved it. I thought he, this was great. This, we're set. And then you realize it's a sugar high, and he's not as good as that, and he's not as bad as three picks and no touchdowns. Um, obviously, I am rooting now for Kirk to throw 25 picks because then it makes it a lot easier for the coaching staff to be clear-eyed about this. I think the worst outcome would be – four game winning streak to end the season. You finish six and 10 and you blame the season on COVID and no preseason and say, let's run it back because the biggest knock on this front office is they think after these good seasons, they can just run back the team. And like, this isn't Madden. People don't progress at at a linear rate. Like players regress. It happens. Um, Regarding the bench cousins talk. I I just want to like, because folks, I think it's really frustrating. You can blame the extension but he's not going anywhere until 2022. Like not even the Jets, not even those incompetent franchise would trade him and eat that cap, that dead cap hit to not have him play for you. Um, It's actually a good position to be in because you can know Kirk's going to be here in 21, have a young quarterback sit behind him for a year. And then, you know, they have, uh, I guess, four years, including the fifth year option, if it's a first round pick. And I think college quarterbacks are, are more athletic and mobile and college offenses are, are becoming but NFL offenses are becoming college offenses, so there's less adapting. Regarding the coaching search, this is my last point. Jay, I think you're right. If you know Zim has his three-year contract, right? So let's say it's five, six million a year. Like to buy that out and to fire all your coaches and bring in a new coaching staff is a twenty million dollar hit. And if there's one thing owners care about, it's their money. Yeah. So like they can separate like no, you know, college football programs aren't firing their coaches this year because they have these huge buyouts and there's no money coming in. So that's why I think Zimmer will be here in 21. Um, I also think like Zimmer's probably like the 12th best coach in the NFL. Like he's slightly above average, maybe above average at best. And like people say hire the next Shanahan protege, hire the next McVay protege. Like, Okay, for every Shanahan and McVeigh, there's Adam Gase and Matt Nagy and Matt Patricia, and like there's so many bad coaches in this league. Like, it's really it's it's really tough to find like the next whiz kid. 
It is. Yeah. I think if I'm, if I'm ranking the things that you have to find, like a quarterback is number one with a bullet for me, mm-hmm. but, and, and coach would, you know, coach wouldn't be that far behind. Um, but the problem is if you draft a quarterback and then you wait a year or two to make a decision on the coach, are you stunting the quarterback's growth? So you, you almost have to make all the decisions at once. And that's where the Vikings find themselves in a really tough spot. Sam, you bring up good points. Every time you come on, we'll, we'll talk to you after the bye. I'm sure. Appreciate you coming on Vikings Ventline, man. I, I think the one thing to Sam's point, though, where, where I might disagree, if you give this some thought, what if you did get Kirk hot, which is typical Kirk, last four or five games, and Kirk's playing pretty well, and, and you're not good, but who cares? And then you do call the 49ers and get, go through the scenario that we did on our show last week, Phil, which mm-hmm. is, hey, Kyle, Kirk played pretty darn that, those last five games. Look at those stats. This, this is your guy. This, I think that's the one thing where San Francisco might bite. I really do. So I wouldn't hope that Kirk um, continues to be a disaster because if you did this right and got, you know, four or five Kirk-like games, I think Shanahan is enamored enough that you could actually make that call and not get hung up on. I think he'd listen. I think they would. John Lynch might tell you no but that's the one reason why if i'm a vikings fan i would hope that kirk gets hot so that you could make that call real realistically to the niners and at least broach that topic i'd I'd have to do a deeper dive into what the cap ramifications would be but honestly i make that phone call before the trade deadline yeah if 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 san francisco feels like you know jimmy jimmy garoppolo is just not the guy anymore and we feel like a change of scenery could really help kirk cousins can you trade Kirk Cousins this year to the San Francisco 49ers, help them save their season in their minds? Okay, in their minds. I'm not saying right. that you would. Right. And then the Vikings take on Jimmy Garoppolo for the final stretch, and if they want to bring him back next year or they can just cut him. I mean, it's worth a phone call this year. Without I all the cap ramifications. I want to say the cap, uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, the cap ramifications of dead money for the Vikings goes way down post June 1st. So I think the realistic thing would probably be to work out a trade in March and then pull the trigger on that trade on like June the 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do that, I think you, you get absolutely slammed. If you do that, you still get slammed to a certain degree, but I think it's a lot more palatable from the Vikings end. But I don't care when they do it. I'm just saying who who would be crazy enough to actually hear you out on that proposal. And I think Shanahan and the Niners would listen to you. I think yeah. a lot of teams would be like, what are you talking about? No, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, Dex, who's next? We got uh, Ryan. Ryan's here on, uh, on Vikings Bentley. Ryan, what's going what's on? Up, Ryan? What's up? So you guys are all talking about Cook today. Yeah, he's awful. We all know that, obviously. But another a great spot in today's game is Ezra Cleveland. He actually looked like he held up against Grady Jarrett uh, most of the game. He did miss a few blocks here and there, but he was way better than Gusamia. And to me, this reminds me of the Brian O'Neill situation that happened when he came into the league. He got thrust in, undersized for his position, but he held his own, and now O'Neal is the best, like, one of the best right tackles in the game. Yeah. Ryan, I here, so I, I'm one of those, like, I need to go back and let other people who watch the film tell me how good Ezra Cleveland did over three hours, but I will say the first play of the game, 
Kirk Cousins throws the ridiculously stupid interception, right? Just to like completely buzzkill the and, and set the tone. And they showed that play again. And Ezra Cleveland was great on that play. So it's one of the rare interceptions that even the Kirk Cousins defenders can't look at and say, well, I mean, see, the offensive line's terrible. So that was the, that was the one play that really stood out to me is that on the first interception, Ezra Cleveland held his ground and did a good job on that. So props to Ezra Cleveland. Ryan, yeah. thanks thanks for coming thanks, on. Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah. There is no one to blame for this but Kirk himself. Finally, I'm so glad to have a game where, where we don't have, have to be like, yeah, but Jefferson dropped that ball. Perfect pass. No, he didn't. It's on Kirk. The offensive line uh, isn't great, but I don't think that I don't think that you're going to go back and look at the film from today and be like, you know, on second thought, Kirk played really, really well. And the offensive line stunk. I think we can all agree, no, this loss is on one guy, and it starts with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. All right, who do we got next here, Dex? More guys here. We got uh, Chanix. Our guy Chanix is back in here. Chanix, what's up, buddy? Chanix. What up, Chanix? Hey, um, so that game was very uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. um, Yes, it was. (laughs) So first of all, I, 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 I have to say we need, we have a lot of great players. However, we need to make sure these players are happy. And we need to keep these players to develop. And if we're not dealing with all the coaching and the quarterback and well, basically, as you were saying, confidence. These the quarterback is to provide or someone's providing these confidence and routing it up for the games. We lost these players, or to a point that these players fed up and I'm I'm done. I'm done routing out. I'm I'm just gonna leave. And I really believe it is the quarterback's job to help us, give us the fans, give us every, the owners, the coaches, the job is like, Hey, we are, we are down. We are down, but we got this. We got this. And for me, I know um, um, in the past, there was quarterbacks who were doing that for us. And that's why it was so refreshing. And right now we just, I don't care if it's, any, I, I just want some kind of change right here. For yeah, dude, Chanix, I will say, like, the more I think about this, it, I, we've all had, I love it. We got the tank for Trevor sign, and then we have, we have Bray in the comments on YouTube saying fail for fields on the screen right now. Um, but <laughs> fail for fields, Trevor, but like, we've, Trevor. We've anyone, all and anyone and just give us some kind of thing to cheer for to buy a new chair. Okay, if you get a new okay, I'll say it. If you get a new freaking quarterback, either Fields or Trevor, I'll wear it. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. I'll buy a new freaking jersey. I'll wear it. I don't Cheer care. Make that money back from having no fans in the seats. Draft that quarterback I'll in the first round. It. Just give but, us hope. Give us something. Sorry, go ahead. We, we've all we've all been at work at at points in our careers wherever you've worked, right? And and you feel like yeah, you got some pretty good coworkers. You got some some smart people, some driven people. But if there's if there's like a leader or if there's a prominent coworker that has a big say, and that person is incompetent, how much it drains the morale of everybody else. And when I'm watching these Vikings games, I don't think they've quit on Mike Zimmer, but I think no. they all look at Kirk Cousins and they see him for what he is. And it would be really draining if you knew that the most influential, important coworker and the guy that has the ball in his hands for three hours and the paycheck plays 
and, and the, the paycheck. Biggest, biggest chunk of the of the limited amount of money. Yes. I think it's a problem. I mean, I, I don't know how you could go to work every single day knowing that the Seattle Seahawks have a bunch of problems and Russell Wilson bails them out every single week and look at your quarterback and think, all right, boys, we're going to go to war this week. We're going to beat the Packers. Like, but, but the problem then is if if you, you work with, with a guy who, who's being paid a lot and supposed to lead and can't, and, and he's not taken out of his job, eventually you, you start to look at your bosses and turn on them too. That's the problem. Like, you're not going to be like, you know what, Zim and Rick, it's okay. This guy just happens to stink. You're going to say, what are you doing here? This, this is why I go back to halftime. Make a statement. I'm not saying that Sean Mannion should start the Packers game, okay? But the statement has to be, this guy is incompetent today. He's awful, and he's not suffering a consequence. And by the way, you also have, have Mannion, who's not really a capable quarterback, as Kirk's backup, to relieve any pressure off whom? Kirk. Like, he's coddled constantly, and so I, I do contend that it's unfair to think that the players don't turn on their bosses as well and say, you are all in the same bin as far as we're concerned. You are saddling us with an incapable coworker, incompetent one. This is on you, too. So I think it does go up to Zim and Spielman as well for the frustration, which I think is probably rightfully so from the players themselves. Yeah. Amen. Do you? I have a question. Do you think if the crowds were there – they would have bench cousins if they heard what how bad it was. Do you think that would have changed his decisions or no? I don't think that's a crazy question. I'm not sure, and my sense is they're so stubborn. The answer is no. That's but true. this this building would have turned on him, rightfully so, so much that I can't dismiss it. Um, <laughs> because because what is Kirk? Kirk is a sensitive dude, man. He's a sensitive dude. Feelings. Kirk, yes, I mean Kirk. Kirk literally has a backup quarterback who's not good, so Kirk doesn't feel threatened. Like that makes no sense in life. This is professional sports, so I don't think so. The, the answer to your question is, I think the answer is no, but I could definitely see where Kirk would be so flummoxed that they would say, we can't play him because this building would have taken a hard <laughs> Right. And again, yeah. not tank for Trevor, but tank for Super Bowl. Exactly. That's yeah. the goal here. Everybody, it's, it's, a, it's not being negative. It's nope. win a Super Bowl. Chanix, That's it. great years. stuff. We'll talk to you after the bye, man. And uh, let's roll into our next one here, Declan. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap with our guy Darian here. Darian, what's going on, man? You're on Vikings vent line. <sighs> <laughs> I love it. Love so, it. He just deeps a, a deep sign. He just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you guys. How long have you guys been Vikings fans? Uh, man, so I was born in 1985, so early 1990s. Judd's been watching the team since the 70s. Declan Seven? since like the 98. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I attended my first game, Tarkington's last home game, I think a quarterback against Philadelphia at Met Stadium, 1978. So I've seen I've seen a lot of decent teams. Uh, I have not seen a lot of years like this, but mm-hmm. it's been a long time. So everybody's talking about tanking for Trevor. When is being a Vikings fan, does it ever work out for us actually drafting quarterbacks? Like ever. I think we draft every other position really well except quarterback. Yeah, I'd, I'd really be happy. I'd, I think I'd rather take a risk on getting a quarterback that may be limited in the things that he can do, but actually has heart. I think teams teams will actually rally behind something like that rather than having to, um, you know, risks, a, you know, young 18, 19 year old guy or 20, 22 year old guy to come in 
yeah. and supposedly save the save the Vikings. Because it doesn't really work out that way for us. Like we, every time we put this hope into something like this, like say for uh, we're the same team that in '98 had like the most the craziest offensive team ever, just to lose by a field goal to the freaking Falcons. We're the same team. We're we're, we're still that team, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like for us to be like, oh, let let's tank for Trevor or let's fail for Fields. I, I think that's just a wrong way of looking at things. I I think we made this. I think the the uh, organization has made this mess. And I think they should go ahead and just lie in it. Um, <laughs> let it run its course, as per se. There's no real way that we're going to get rid of Kirk Cousins. I think he has like a no trade clause. So, and then you have um, with Zimmer. I mean, let's be honest about Zimmer. I, I don't think Zimmer ever wanted Cousins. So that's never nothing on his, like on him. But it, the defense is his fault. So I'm saying for for just future for going towards the future, I don't want a young guy coming in under the same mess. Say Trevor comes in and Zimmer's still the guy. I don't want to you know pollute that to another young another young quarterback, and then that's going to stunt another young guy's growth. So I say, I guess look for a guy like a Rosen or just somebody that has heart, man. Like even like another Case Keenum, I'd be fine with that, you know. Hey, Darren, you, you, I think you speak for a lot of Vikings fans. I think you, I think everything you just said, um, I think you're, I think you're hitting the notes with a lot of Vikings fans. And we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna say goodbye to you on that note because we got to wrap the show. And you brought up some good points, so be sure to call back after after don't, the bye week is don't over. Don't ruin poor Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> That's what he's yeah. saying. He's worried about Trevor Lawrence's mental health. I think. I know. I know. Well, the Jets. Listen, I mean, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I think Tyler Johnson just caught a touchdown pass. Former Gopher Tyler Johnson. Good hey, for yeah. him and Antoine Winfield Jr. Man, good for that. Cool. That washed quarterback over there must be tough for Tyler Johnson getting targets. You don't want to have to deal with that over there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be stick, tough. Stick by your guns, Declan. Stick by those guns. <laughs> well, listen. Once again, today, if you are a Vikings fan and you are accepting of this losing and you are looking for a quarterback in the first round, then today was a great day to watch football. The Falcons picked up their first win. Vikings drop another one. Got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on the schedule coming up. I think this is this is a season in which we can continue to embrace football natural selection, as Judd says. Oh, Kirk put up that box score, man. I mean that that box score was still, that looks pretty good right now. That Kirk box score, that second half, that's impressive. Big time. What was his passer rating today? Let's see here. If you want to know how fraudulent that stat is, ninety point four. He had a ninety point four passer rating today. It's pretty good. How do, good performance I, don't want to know. I, I don't even care at this point in time. <laughs> it's a little thing called intangibles that he lacks. That's right. That I have correct. never, I have, I have honestly never seen a quarterback. And, and as far as I could tell on the sideline, his receivers communicate zero while the defense was on the field. I never saw once where like Thielen or anyone went and talked to him. Mm-hmm. I think yep. the tight ends did a little bit, but that was it. It was a that first half, man. Like you, you would think that they're playing a bad team, right? And that they would start to like try and galvanize things and be like, okay, you know, the, the Broncos game was just like this, and we can come back. And instead, it was just like, yeah, whatever. It was a very, it was a very weird looking um, loss. And the first half to me had a really, really bad look to it. Yeah, I think it's it's what you would do as a teammate if you just kind of felt like it wasn't. What's the point? Like. That's really what it is, right? I mean, if you thought there was a point to sitting next to your quarterback and meeting with him between drives, if you thought there was 
something yeah. of value to be had out of that conversation, you would do it. If you thought there was a future, you would do it. But if you thought that it was hopeless, guess what? You would stand off to the side and stare off into the distance. I want to have a beer with Stefan Diggs so bad right now. I can taste the beer. Same. Just Maybe like that. Corona hard seltzer. There you go. Sponsored even, by even better. Very <laughs> good, Declan. So, all right. Well, that's we're gonna we're gonna make this a wrap because Judd's got some writing to do, which you can find on scorenorth.com. And again, if you're new to the show today, if this is your first time jumping in with us, Purple Daily, seven days a week during the season. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. You can also find Mackey and Judd. And our other YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorth. And thanks to all the Vikings fans who jumped in. If you didn't get in this week and you want to write down the email address to come into the video with us next week, it's vikingsventline at gmail.com. All right. Good stuff. We'll see you guys next week. Actually, well, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Packers on, on this Vikings vent line. Go Trevor Lawrence.